This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. Linda Cohen here with you. Trauma is the most common cause of death and injury in the United States pediatric population. And caring for the injured child requires a special knowledge, precise management, and scrupulous attention to detail. All the clinicians who are responsible for the care of a pediatric trauma patient, including the pediatricians, emergency department clinicians, pediatric emergency department clinicians, and the trauma surgeons must be familiar with every tenet of modern trauma care. And here to tell us more about all of this is Dr. Kim Wallenstein. She's assistant professor of pediatric surgery at Upstate Medical University and the new medical director for the pediatric trauma unit. Welcome, Dr. Wallenstein. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. So I was kind of shocked when I read that statistic. Pediatric trauma is the leading cause of death in children over a year of age. Can you explain that? It's very true that that, that is the case, and that's why it's so important that we have systems in place to take care of these children. As you can imagine, children have a lot of mechanisms by which they can get injured. Uh, we see a lot of children who have fallen from things in the summertime. Uh, we see a lot of children that fall out of windows uh, because My of inadequate goodness. screens. Yeah. Uh, we see children who are injured from bike riding accidents, either because they fall off of their bicycles or because they get hit by cars or other vehicles, see children that are involved in motor vehicle accidents. And then in the older population, of course, the older teenagers have also motor vehicle accidents caused by them being the drivers uh, and also the more uh, violent injuries such as knives and guns. Yeah, and I think with somewhat of the increase um, in our uh, inner cities or in our, you know, the increased use of handguns and in some areas, kids being kind of caught in the crosshairs of those kinds of conflicts could also sustain things like gunshot wounds or even playing with guns, which is something that has happened, I know, um, has been in the news quite a bit. Exactly, we see those types of uh, incidents where younger children, even younger than the teenage population, will get their hands on guns that are not correctly secured. You know, I saw a statistic that actually shocked me. I read that each year, 20,000 children and, and teenagers die as a result of injury. So mm -hmm. that really, they actually die, not just get injured, yes. but actually die. So that. That really, as you said, underscores the need to have the kinds of facility in place. So tell us exactly, when you, when I mentioned that you're the medical director for the pediatric trauma unit, what does that mean? What is the pediatric trauma unit? So at Upstate, we are verified by the American College of Surgeons as a level one trauma center for both pediatric and adults. So explain that. Level one concept. So level one, the trauma levels go in uh, three different levels according to the American College of Surgeons and five levels in some states. And the level one indicates that there's the highest level of care for the trauma patient and indicating that the highest level of resources and services are available. Uh, level one and level two centers are very high levels. The level one designation means that there's a little bit extra in terms of resources and also education and outreach. It often means that there are training programs in place and a research program also in place. And so it's the highest designation that a center can have. So of what significance, basically, uh, I want to get into what it means in terms of how it actually translates into an individual case, for example, but 
What significance does that have to a community of ours, like in the central New York region, to have a level one pediatric trauma unit? It's actually very significant. We are the only level one trauma center in central upstate New York. There are a couple of verified level one pediatric trauma centers down near New York City, uh, but we're the only ones in upstate. And it really becomes more of a resource for, uh, I, for trauma issues and also transporting patients into a trauma center that has the most resources, and also providing education and outreach for the community in, or, in order to prevent and to train people. Yeah, I want to talk about prevention and, and all of that going forward. But So what, what are the kinds of injuries that you see? I mean, you've alluded to some, but in your role and in your work as a pediatric surgeon, what are the kinds of injuries that generally will come across those doors? We see such a spectrum of injuries, and I think, uh, again, one thing that's significant in our system is we have all of the specialists in place to take care of any type of injury that comes in here. Uh, in the younger patients, we see, like I said, a lot of falls. Uh, we also see um, some non-accidental trauma, as we term it, or child abuse in younger patients. In the in the somewhat older patients, say, in the preteen group, there are uh, significant issues with bike accidents, sports injuries, things like that. The older teenagers can get into uh, driving issues, uh, motor vehicle collisions, uh, penetrating trauma. So we see the, a very wide variety. So give us a feeling for how it unfolds. What happens and who are the members of this trauma unit team? That's a great question. So usually uh, traumas are divided into levels within the trauma system. So we actually have what we consider level one and level two traumas, and there are certain criteria in place based on what has happened to the patient and what their vital signs are and different things that go into that. But we usually, we like to get alerted of these patients coming in before they even arrive. Usually uh, if they're at an outside hospital, we will get a call from that facility uh, describing the patient and perhaps even asking for management records recommendations before they get here and uh, recommendations in how to transport the patient. And if they come from the scene, sometimes they come directly from the scene in either an ambulance or a helicopter and we get a little bit less notice, uh, but we generally get a good amount of notice to assemble everybody. So then over the pager system or the notification system, it'll say either a level one or a level two trauma, and then the appropriate people will assemble. For level one trauma, it's the maximum resources that assemble in one place. So give us a, an a, example of kind of who would show up. Mm -hmm. The pediatric surgery team, uh, the pediatric surgeon in charge is required to be there within 15 minutes of the patient arriving so that they can uh, access assess. And, mm -hmm. and act and assess. The emergency department personnel are always there. A lot of times it will depend on what we've heard about the patient in terms of their injuries. If it's a severe head injury, the neurosurgeons are sometimes called ahead of time, and so they are able to be there. Uh, but all of the specialists are required to be there within a short period of time.
Mm-hmm. And that's a level one. That's a level one. Level two is a, a little bit downgraded from that in terms of when people need to arrive, but there are still significant resources in place. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with pediatric surgeon and the medical director of the pediatric trauma unit at Upstate Medical University, um, Dr. Kim Wallenstein, and we are talking about trauma injuries in children and what needs to be done. So, um, it seems to me that those kinds of very dramatic kinds of injuries um, kind of pull all resources toward them. And then, you know, obviously there's a kind of a full court press. Everybody's kind of running around coding or whatever they're doing. That's probably not the right term, but they're doing whatever they have to do. What exactly, well, just help us understand what exactly takes place. So you're all there. And then obviously it's triaged or it's de- it's determined what has to be done first. And then generally what happens if a surgery needs to take place, it's expedited. Exactly. Films there's, need to be done. There's a trauma bay that is in place that the patient comes into. Everybody is waiting for that patient if it's one of the higher levels of trauma to come in. The x-rays, if they need to be done, plain x-rays are done right there in the trauma bay. And really, it's a very regimented system by which you assess the patient from head to foot. Uh, There's the ABCs of trauma that you do first, which is you make sure the airway and the breathing are adequate. If the patient needs to have a breathing tube, then that gets put in immediately. And then the pulses and circulation to make sure the patient is stable from a blood pressure standpoint. And then assessing the patient overall to see what injury are present and what investigation needs to happen. That should take a very short period of time. From there, the patient either goes in a very unstable setting directly to the emergency to the uh, operating room or in a more controlled setting where more investigation needs to be done, they could go to CT scan or some other place from there. But obviously, surgery, if needed, would be, would be expedited in yes. some fashion. And then following that, they're obviously admitted to the hospital. In your experience, and obviously this is so variable and on a case-by-case basis, but can you give us kind of an overview of kind of what is a general kind of storyline here? What happens? It totally depends on how injured the patient is. I'm talking previously about the very injured patients that come in as levels. There are also a lot of patients that come in as trauma consults who are less injured. Say a child who falls and hits their head and has a concussion or uh, has a, a broken arm or something like that who's admitted briefly. Those children can be admitted for observation and treatment and then potentially go home in a day or two. The more injured patients are obviously in the hospital until they are stable, and then they either go home or to a rehabilitation center depending on their needs. A lot of children, even if they need rehabilitation services, can have those as an outpatient at-home basis, but we also do have a rehab unit um, at Upstate where a lot of children are able to go as well. That's fascinating. So, you know, I think we've always heard this maxim, children are not small adults. You know, they're not just small adults. What, in your mind, is unique about the approach to pediatric trauma or caring for a child Mm -hmm. who's had a traumatic event? And include in that for me, if if you wouldn't mind, kind of this notion of often there are family members around. So 
help us understand what happens. Exactly. So we do have that saying, children are not small adults. And that applies to both the physiologic state, a medical state of the children, as well as the social state of children. So and that's why we have uh, pediatric specific specialists in all of the fields at Upstate. So we have the pediatric surgeons, which care for the children, um, and also the other pediatric subspecialists, such as the neurosurgeons, the orthopedic surgeons, uh, ENT surgeons, and all of the other specialists, anesthesiologists, <clears throat> who are specialized in caring for the children who do not have the same physiology as adults. Uh, that's the medical aspect of things. Socially, you're exactly right. They have families that come with them, and so we have a lot of social services involved as well that really always or almost always get involved with the trauma patients because there is that whole aspect of family. So with, within the whole notion of Upstate's Golisano Children's Hospital and the child life specialists that I know have played such an important role in the hospitalization of all children at Upstate, at the Golisano Hospital, um, Children's Hospital, it seems like they, are they integrated early on in this process in terms of helping families kind of deal with what they're witnessing or dealing with? Exactly. Assuming they're well yeah. themselves. Exactly. We get them involved very early with the children, and they're a, a wonderful resource to have around because they they do a wonderful job with the kids and their families. In the little bit of time we have left, you alluded to child abuse. What happens in your from your standpoint in a circumstance where you, a child comes in with a traumatic injury and you suspect there may be child abuse? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we see a significant amount of that. Uh, there are certain red flags that we and the emergency department look for that would indicate that. And in those settings, we get social work and potentially uh, child protective services involved early. It's always better to involve them and then have them determined that there was not a non-accidental trauma issue than to not involve them and have the child go home and have another incident. So we do involve those people early in the process. So overall, basically what, you're, what you've alluded to to is that by having a very highly trained pediatric trauma uh, unit, basically the children of our community are in a lot better shape. <laughs> I would hope so, yes. <laughs> Thank you so very much for coming in. I appreciate it. And it's really very enlightening to hear kind of this whole overview. My guest has been Dr. Kim Wallenstein. She's Assistant Professor of Pediatric Surgery, and she's the Medical Director of the Pediatric Trauma Unit at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.